0: Thanks for listening to the Northridge Christian Church podcast. At Northridge, we exist to help people take their next step to move closer to Christ. We believe that following Jesus is a journey, and we want to help you through that journey any way we can. If you have any questions about Northridge, you can contact us at info at northridgechristian.com. We pray that your life is transformed through this message today, so prepare your heart and mind for this teaching by our lead pastor, Mike Wears. All right, that was Harry Wheeler. He's uh, one of our elders here at Northridge, and he's a priest out at Triumph. You remember what we talked about last week in, in, in 1 Peter two nine? It, it told us that, that we have been made holy or or, 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 or that we've been made priest. And, and so he actually works out at Triumph as a priest, and he's an elder here. Now, now you understand we've been going through this, uh, this, uh, this sermon series, and Ray, way back here in the back, I have this jug that's filled with names, uh, the three names that you said you would pray for, and I hope you've been Praying for those. And as you've been praying for them, what you've learned is that we need to connect with our neighbors. We learned that. And then last week we learned that we need to serve them by being a priest. And that's from, from 1 Peter 2 9. And then today we're going to learn about sharing. Let me tell you what I know about our church. You see all these signs up here on the stage. There's the Hardwick community, uh, Log Cabin, that's where we are right now. Back here is the downtown. And way over here is Carrington Woods, Harrisburg, and then Southeast Baldwin. Can I tell you what I understand? Is is that in a church our size, we are represented in just about every neighborhood and every community in, in, in Baldwin County and many in Putnam County and then some in other counties. And, and, and so what that means is that if we are doing the job of what we're talking about and for our neighbors, if we are connecting with people and serving them, then we'll be able to do what we talk, what we'll talk about today, sharing the message of Jesus with them. So that's what we're going to talk about, and I'm going to talk to you this morning about living a questionable life. Some of you are going, hold on. You've known some questionable people, haven't you? Now, Now that's what I'm going to ask you to be today, is to live a questionable life so that people will look at you and they'll say, what's going on there? Now, now, let me tell you, we've been having a question around church the past few weeks. Somebody asked me just this morning, what's going on inside there? Because they said, there's something different happening in our worship services. And I said, well, I, I, I don't know exactly what you're seeing, but can I tell you what I think is making a difference? Our elders are gathering over in the prayer room. It's right outside that door there, and they're praying during every service. Sometimes there are others that are joining them. They would love if you joined them, but they're beginning to pray for the, the worship and the preaching and the communion time. And I believe the power of God's being released, and people are questioning that. Why? Because there's something different that's going on. This idea of living a questionable life, let me explain it to you this way. I was headed into town the other day on Jefferson, okay? And, and, and you know the speed limit on Jefferson is 55. Well, I get behind a car that's going 20, okay? That doesn't work real well, okay? I, I like the 55, I like the 60, and maybe even the 65, okay? Uh, and so, so I'm behind her, and, and it's going 20 miles an hour. And when she got to the downhill part and got up to 25 miles per hour, the brakes came off. Oh, I thought it was going to get in her back seat for just a second. But, but this is this is what's going on. And so I couldn't wait to get to Dunlap so that either she would turn off or she would go on and I could get around her. OK. And, and so well, this, this is what happened. She goes straight and she gets over and I pull up beside her and I look over there and and uh, and, and you know what I saw. I was expecting to see a little old lady, but I saw a girl, and and if she was 13 years old, it would have been amazing. And she was clenching the the, the steering wheel like this, and she had a stressed look on her face. And I felt so sorry for her, because I probably added to that stress. (laughs) But you know what? She was driving in such a way that I did what? I questioned who was behind the wheel. Now, that's exactly what we want to have happen in our lives. We want people to look at our lives and the way we live and then question who's at the wheel, who's in control there. And so this, today, we're going to look at a piece of scripture in 1 Peter, the third chapter in verse 15 and 16. We're only going to look at two verses today. And what we're going to look in there, what we're going to see in there is how we are to, to, to answer people when they question our lives, Okay. So let's read this, and it says, but in your hearts revere Christ as Lord, okay? That means that we've given control of our lives over to Jesus. He's got the steering wheel, and, and, and he, he he's taking our life. And, and he says, and always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Now, now this is what I want you to see. We put Jesus in control, and so now we're living dist- differently, and people are beginning to ask questions. What's going on? And then this is what Peter says, be prepared to give an answer. In, in your notes today, the, the scripture is actually there, and I'd like for you to underline that, that phrase, be prepared to give an answer. That's one of the responses that that a questionable life needs to be prepared, is to give an answer. And, And then the second thing that he says is to give the reason for the hope. And I want you to underline that also, because it's very important. Because our questionable life, because Jesus is in control, then we've got to do what? We've got to be prepared to give a reason, and we've got to be prepared with an answer, and, and, and for the hope that we have. And then let's go on and read the rest. It says, but do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your, your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. Okay, this right up here, but do this with gentleness and respect. Underline that. The three things that you underlined are the three things that we're going to talk about this morning, and it's going to tell us how to respond when somebody questions our life because we have a questionable life, okay? So they're going to look at us, they're going to see something's different, and they're going to ask the question, why do you, why do you act that way? And we're going to be ready with an answer. They're, they're going to ask, uh, how do I get what you have? And we're going to be ready for an, with an answer. And so this is the, the, the sermon in a sentence today, and it's this, to reach this community, we must live questionable lives where we live, work, and play. To reach this community, to reach Baldwin, Putnam, and all the area around us, we're going to have to live questionable lives, so people will look at us and they will say, what's up with that person? Why are they different? Well, why are they acting that way? Why are they not doing that, or why are they doing that? And so they begin to question us, and you're going to see that everywhere you go if you're living for Jesus. So so 1 Peter, the, the, the third chapter of verse 15 tells us how to respond, and the first thing that it tells us there in 1 Peter 3 and 15 is to be prepared to give an answer. Be prepared to give an answer. When you and I make Jesus Christ the Lord of our lives, our behavior changes, and people will ask about it. The question that they're most likely to ask is this, why? Why do you get up on Sunday morning and go to church when you could sleep in? Why do you give money? Tim's already addressed that and gave you two great answers. Uh, Why? 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 Why do you not? Or why do you... And they don't understand. And when they ask those questions, you know what we have an opportunity to do? To give them an answer that will point them to Jesus Christ. We had this happen a couple of weeks ago when we did a lot of baptisms. One of the the young men that was baptized told his parents about the the fact that he was baptized. And they questioned the action that he took. And and this is what they said. Wasn't the baptism that you got when you were a baby good enough? They were asking, why did you do this? And he had listened to the sermon very well, and he answered them. He said, said, why? Well, uh, when I was a kid, when I was a baby, that was done to me, not by me. And and we learned that baptism was to be an act of faith, and that was your faith when I was a baby. I needed to do something about my faith. And and they said, well, the the sprinkling wasn't good. And he says, well, there's a better picture and immersion of a person that, that, that... that dies with Jesus Christ, is buried under the water, and is raised up out of the, 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 the grave. And you know what he did? He really preached the sermon over that day when he talked to his parents. But this is what happened. He had a questionable life, and he was prepared with an answer. It's pretty simple. That, that's all that, that, that we have to do. I have a friend, and, and, and he's been bankrupt. And, and this is what I will tell you about them. He and his wife made considerably more than Kathy and I did at, at that time in our lives. And, and I mean, they, they, they were what most people would consider wealthy, but they went bankrupt. And I can remember we were one day together, and he, he, he looked at me and said, I don't understand, Mike, how you and Kathy make it on what you make. I, I don't see how, how you can even exist. And I said, it's pretty simple. We do money God's way, and it works. You know what I was able to do? I was able to give him an answer to the question that he had. That's it. That's how it works. And so we know that people are going to ask, why are you living differently? And then we're prepared with an answer that will point them directly to Jesus Christ. Why? Why? Well, I can tell you because he's made a difference in my life. And you know what? They can't argue about that because you can say, it has actually changed me. Okay, so you got the first one. We got to be prepared to give an answer. So, so we're, we're studied up for the test. The second thing that it tells us in 1 Peter 3.15 is that we need to give a reason for the hope that we have. We need to give a reason for the hope that we have. Can I tell you that we live in, in a very hopeless world? It's getting more and more hopeless. It seems like every single day. There are two reasons for that. Number one, we are believing the lies of Satan. And number two is that we are investing our lives in the temporary. We believe the lies of Satan and we invest our lives in the temporary. I want us to look at Romans 1 and verse 25. It said they exchanged the truth of God for a lie, okay? Something that was true, they decided, no, I don't want that. And they changed the truth about God for a lie. And worship and serve created things rather than the creator who is forever praised. Amen. Okay, now, now that's, that's the, the, the story here, is that there is this idea uh, of the, the truth versus lies. Now, when we believe lies, we're going to be hopeless, And this whole idea of truth versus lies is how we live. Now, I'm going to tell you what Satan does. He has three great lies. And when I tell you these three great lies, all of you are going to say, yeah, I believe those at some time in my life. Let me tell you what the three great lies are. He will tell us that money, sex, and fame will satisfy Okay, he's going to tell us that money, sex, and fame will satisfy. And, and when we have those, you know what, we, we'll have everything that we need. Now, can I tell you, it doesn't quite work that way. Because if you have a lot of money, there's always one more dollar out there that you don't own. And you want it. And, 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 and there's always another sexual partner that you're looking for that, that will bring you to, to the new heights. And there's always a little bit of fame. But you know what? There's always somebody out there that doesn't like me. How can I correct that? You see, it's a never-ending battle. If we believe the lies of Satan that money, sex and fame are going to satisfy our soul, we're going to be we're going to be we're going to be we're going to be hopeless. But if we believe the truth of God, money is there why to bless others. We're blessed to be a blessing. And so when we understand that, you know what? We are satisfied because we're able to help others. And we realize that it's not just about acquiring everything. In the area of sex, God's truth is pretty simple. He says, it's between a man and a woman in marriage. And any other way just doesn't work. And about fame, that's a pretty simple one. All fame, all honor, all power, all glory goes to him and him alone. Simple stuff. But what do we do? We exchange the truth of God for a lie, and we lose hope. They tell me that if you're a prisoner of war, the one thing that they want the prisoners of war to do is to lose all hope. And you know how they get the prisoner of war to lose hope? They constantly are lying to them. And they'll tell the the, the prisoner of war, you know what, tomorrow they're coming for you, you're going to be released. And what happens tomorrow, there's harder... Punishment. Or they'll say, Tomorrow the food's going to be better, and then the next day there isn't any food. Or, 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 or they will tell them, Hey, th- this is going to be a change tomorrow, and it'll be more comfortable here, and then it gets harder tomorrow. And they will manipulate the news so that they think that the country that that prisoner is from is actually losing. And, and what happens? They begin to lose hope. And you know what happens when we lose hope? The enemy's got us where he wants us, and he can do whatever. Because when a prisoner loses hope, they will tell anybody whatever they want to know. So the the, the first way that that we need to give a reason for our hope is that we have the truth of God. And just like we sang earlier today, that he will never let us down. And he can do it again. He can break down the walls. He can move the mountains. And that he has always been there and he will always be there. That's the truth. And I'm going to choose to believe in that. And I'm going to have, and I'm going to have, hope because of that. If I believe the lies, it's gone. The second way, that the second reason for, 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 uh, for our hope, we find in 1 John, the second chapter in verse 17, it says, The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. The world and its desires pass away. Now, this, this, is, this is what I want you to hear here. It's the temporary versus the eternal the temporary versus the eternal, okay? There are two things that we can invest our lives in, those things that are temporary and those things that are eternal. Now, I I want you to understand this. This is is how we work. We've been taught by the world that the stuff of earth, and that's the way Rich Mullins referred to it. He was a songwriter, and he called it the stuff of earth. That's the stuff of earth that grabs our attention, uh, steals our energy, and, and takes our wealth. That stuff of earth will satisfy our soul. And so when we look at that and we think, well, if I just get that, I can do it now. Now, this is what I've heard this week from people. I I had a a friend that tell me, yeah, I had to spend $700 on my car this week. Well, that kind of dashes your hope, doesn't it? Or or how about this? I know some of you all have said this recently. And my computer died. Some of you all have gotten the the latest and greatest uh, uh, clothes and you thought, I'm in style right now. And what happens the next week? You're out of style and you're embarrassed to wear those clothes. You see, when we put our hope in things that are temporary, they're always going to come up short. So we put our hope in that which is eternal. There are only three things that are eternal. The first one is God's word. The second one is, is Jesus and, and God themselves. And the third one, you can look around in the room and you can see people. We will live for eternity. We will We ever either live in eternity with, with God in heaven or we'll live with Satan in hell. And so you know what I've chosen to do? I've chosen to invest my life here in God's word, following Jesus and in people. And, and I, I'm, I'm hoping to take a lot of people to heaven so I'll know somebody when I get there. Okay? That gives me hope. That, that, that latest and greatest gadget out there in the world doesn't give me hope because I know that it won't be the latest and greatest tomorrow. But my hope is built there on the eternal. So, so if you're going to give a reason for the hope that you have, two things will give you that reason. Number one, the truth of God, he's never let us down. And number two is the things that are eternal and we won't lose hope. So you got it down so far, don't you? You understand that we are to give an answer. Okay, we've got to be prepared to that answer, and then we've got to give a reason for our hope. Now, the the, the third thing is something that we really have to work on, and it's being kind. Being kind. You remember what it said in in 1 Peter 3 and verse 16. It said, with gentleness and respect. We give that answer. We give that reason for hope with what? Gentleness and respect. That, that means that we're going to be kind. Can I tell you what? The church has gotten the reputation, and it's not a good reputation. It, the, the church has gotten the reputation of being a bunch of judgmental, hateful people that look down their noses at everybody out there. Well, we, we, we look at ourselves and we say, I've got it all together, but you don't. We're not about the good news of Jesus Christ. We're about the bad news of that person's sins over, sin over there. And this is what we're doing at that point. We are beginning to take on the role of the Holy Spirit. And when I read the Bible, the Holy Spirit has the job of convicting people of their sin. And what we do is when we look down our nose and we say, you know what? You're not living your life good enough. What we've done is we've taken the role of the Holy Spirit... And we've taken it on ourselves. Now, can I tell you, you and I are no way qualified to be the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit sees to the heart. The Holy Spirit sees to the motive. He knows the history and he knows the circumstances. I want you to see what it says in John, the 16th chapter. It says, and when he comes, and that is the Holy Spirit, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. The Holy Spirit convicts of sin. We don't. And when we take on his job, the church becomes an ugly place, a place where nobody would want to be associated with it. Our job is to tell people about the good news of Jesus Christ, not the bad news of their sin. And when we tell about Jesus and we we lift him up and we honor him, can I tell you what will happen? People will come. People will come. Jesus says, if you'll lift me up, all men will be drawn unto me. But it means that we've got to be kind when we give that answer and we give that reason. Okay, it started this way today. We, we are to live a questionable life. That's a life where people question us and they say, what's different about you? That's because you've given Jesus the control of your life. And, and when they ask, you've got to be ready to give an answer. And then you've got to give a reason for the hope. Why are you doing this? And you give them that reason because of the truth of God and because of the eternal And then you do it in a kind way. You do it in a kind way. And I will tell you this. If we would begin to connect with our neighbors, if we would begin to serve with our neighbors and help them, then they would be ready to hear this message. And if we do it with the answer and with the reason, out of kindness, we will reach this community. How many of y'all have ever taken a test? Okay, I've I've got one up here on on the screen. And and I just want you to think about that for a minute. To be successful at taking a test, what do you do? You study, okay? You're prepared to give an answer. You're you're prepared and, and, and you will pass that test. Can I tell you what, folks, we are being tested every day and there are people that are questioning our lives. Will we pass or fail? Will we have an answer for the way that we live? I believe that if we do, every one of these neighborhoods that you see up here will be infiltrated and changed with the glory of Jesus Christ because we can share the good news, we can give an answer, and we can give a reason, and we'll do it in the the love and kindness of Jesus Christ. So we're prepared. To give an answer, we're prepared to give a reason, and we're going to do it kindly. And this community will be changed because of it. Would you pray with me? Father, we are so very thankful. We are so very thankful for your word today. And Father, it calls us to share an answer. It calls us to share the hope that we have. And Father, it calls us to do it with your love. And Father, I pray today that you will speak to our hearts about who we can share Jesus with, about who we can tell about the good news of Jesus Christ. And Father, I just ask today that you work in us, that you work in us, And the Father, that every single community that we saw up here will hear the story of Jesus Christ. Speak to us right now, Father, about what we need to do with our lives. That we can answer the questions and point people to you. For I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to share Psalm 107 with you, and, and it's a, just an interesting psalm. Look, it's right up here on the screen. It says, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, his love endures forever. Amen? Amen. Give thanks to the Lord, for he, for he is good, and his love endures forever. And then it says, let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. Okay, let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. That means that we're to take what we've learned. We're out, to go out there and give an answer. We're to go out there and give a reason. Okay, I, I like the way the old version says it, the King James. It says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Okay, you got that? Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Do you, you have that now? Let's see. Let the redeemed of the Lord say Absolutely. That, that means that we're going to speak up and tell, and tell our neighbors. We're going to be for our neighbors. We're going to be for them knowing the truth. We're going to be know, knowing them, wanting them to know about the eternal and so what I'm asking you to do today is to let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And, and, and let me tell you what it says there. It says, let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. Those that he's redeemed from the hand of the foe. Those that he gathered from the lands, from the east and the west, from the north and the south. I think you see that in the communities that we have. We've even got one in the middle downtown. And you know what? If we were to begin to say so, what we're going to see is people come to know Jesus Christ. We had an unbelievable baptism, the, the first service. It's been nine years in the making. Can I tell you what? That's because a man, uh, the redeemed of the Lord, said so. He's with Jesus now, and he's speaking to God about that, and he's been beseeching God about this guy for a long time. And I don't know if there's somebody here today that's in that same situation. But I'm going to tell you, the water's warm. already been in. I'm still drying out. And I'd love to to be in there again this morning. But I know some of you all in here are thinking about, who am I going to share Jesus with? And maybe you need some prayer. And maybe you need the prayer for the courage because it's good to have the answers, but sometimes you've got to have the courage to do that. And so maybe you're, you're, you need a prayer because of your health or, or a financial situation or a relational situation. We're going to be up front. But, but this is what I'm going to tell you. It's time that the redeemed of the Lord say so. It's time that the redeemed of the Lord let people know that he is our king. And whether it's in that baptistry or whether it's kneeling your knee or whether it's going out from this place and sharing, that's what we do because the redeemed of the Lord says so. Thanks for listening to this message. If you'd like to find out more about Northridge, visit our website at northridgechristian.com. If you'd like to stay connected throughout the week, download our Church Link app today for your iOS or Android device.